go. You're listening to Law and Gospel, uh, what we refer to as Open Mic Friday. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this July the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Now, we're not in the studio, so Open Mic means that you can send me an email and we'll be glad to respond to it on the air. Now, yesterday with Wes Reimnitz, we talked about a Roman Catholic priest who came under real discipline from the Roman Catholic Church because of a funeral service he had conducted for a young man who had committed suicide. In fact, the parents were so angry at him for even mentioning that their son had committed suicide that they took him to court to sue him. But, of course, the courts said, according to First Amendment rights, you can't sue a pastor for what he says in a sermon. That, that's really good news because we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, have a lot of views about what the Bible says that is contrary to the world, much like Jesus had in his day. Well, one of the emails that we received from yesterday, Pastor Baker, my thanks to you and Pastor Wes Reinitz for the discussion concerning suicide and the sermon of the Roman Catholic priest at the funeral service of the person who committed suicide. You mentioned a sermon by Pastor Ken Klaus concerning suicide. Would you be able to direct us to where there may be a copy of this sermon? Thanks for your help, Pastor Baker. And it's a regular listener to KFUO via the internet. So I called Wes Reimnitz and he did some work on this. And what one needs to do is you can go to the internet and type in Lutheran Hour. And at that point, you can take a look. It has an option for searching. And what you're going to type in are these words, suicide, Ken Klaus. And Klaus is spelled K-L-A-U-S. Now, Wes came up with dozens of occasions when Pastor Klaus had spoken about suicide. And I couldn't quite remember because it's some years ago that I heard the sermon as to exactly which one it was. But I'm sure the other items that he talks about on suicide would be very helpful because they were to me. He had a great proper biblical understanding. But though we talked about the suit and the priest apologizing for the funeral homily that focused on suicide, I, I thought you might be interested in what he actually said. And yes, there are some things he said in the sermon that I would not say, but he had been reported as saying 
that their son who committed suicide would not be going to heaven. He would go to hell. That's nowhere in the sermon. So I thought I'd read a few parts of the sermon to you, and then we can discuss it. He talks about his heart going out to the family, and it is with great difficulty that I stand before you knowing the pain and anguish you are going through. But I am aware as well that I am only a humble, unworthy mouthpiece. I ask God to use my words to bring the light, comfort, and healing you need. Now, in doing funeral sermons, I always make a decision as to whether or not I will do the sermon. We believe in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, that the pastor should be the one who's directing the whole worship service. I was involved in a, not a suicide, but somebody who had just died from old age. And the funeral director wanted to say also some words and even have someone else say words. I would not permit that. Uh, This actually happened when the son of the person who had died came to me and said, I'd like to talk about this individual uh, during the funeral service. And I told him, no, I am the one who am conducting the funeral service. But when we go to the cemetery, there is a service at that point. And at the end of that, I said, if you so desire, you could say some words then. So he agreed to that. So we did the funeral service. And you can understand that this was a person who was a Christian who had died. He had not committed suicide. It was just of old age. And we didn't talk about him. We talked more about Jesus and how he knew this person was a Christian, not just because he attended church, but he confessed his sins in church and he looked to the forgiveness of sins from Jesus Christ. And there was nothing that we knew of where he had unrepentant sin. So we did the funeral, and then we went to the cemetery where there was another short service giving Bible verses. And at the end of it, I then indicated that if anyone had some words to speak, we would permit that at this point. The service had ended, the benediction had ended, and the funeral director said to me that the son thought he had wanted to say some words, but after hearing the sermon, his words were no longer necessary. That was wonderful because he had come to realize the son that 
his relative was in heaven through faith in Jesus Christ. So before I do a funeral service, I want to make sure that the person who died, that we have an assurance of their salvation. I, I think I've mentioned about a son of a woman who did not come to church at all. He didn't like Jesus Christ. He believed a lot of what we said was wrong. I had occasion to talk with him occasionally uh, when I visited his mother to commune her, but he was adamant about Christianity being a false religion. Well, he died, and his mom asked whether I would do his funeral. And I explained to her that a funeral was for the purpose of bringing comfort to the survivors on the basis of understanding that the person who died was in heaven. I did not have any evidence that her son believed in Jesus Christ. And so I was able to comfort her by talking about the fact that in heaven, she will have no remorse, no sadness. How, how that's going to happen, I don't know. I know of specific individuals that I am friends with that will not be going to heaven because of their religious persuasion and their denial of Jesus Christ. You can't live in this world without coming across such people at work or in the neighborhood, etc. How we are going to be in bliss in heaven, knowing that perhaps a son or a daughter or a relative or a good neighbor or a friend at work is not there, I don't know. But I believe the word of God that that's what heaven is going to be like. And so I am not going to disagree with God's word. But I need to give a comfort in a funeral sermon on the basis of the person's faith. So let's kind of take a look a little bit more at, their, at the sermon that this Roman Catholic priest gave. Because there are some parts that I really agree with. After talking about his heart going out to the family, he says, is there any hope to offer in this moment? Must we only speak of our profound grief, our indescribable sorrow, even our anger at, and confusion, how such a thing could have happened? Is there any word from God that might break into our darkness like a ray of light? Now, he's obviously talking about the son who had committed suicide. And you see, the parents had not let anyone know that he had died from suicide. So this funeral was the first time that people found out about it. We, we can understand how parents want to hide things from others about their children. 
uh, let's say, for example, your son or daughter is driving a car and they get in the wrong lane on an expressway. They're going against the traffic. There's a head-on crash. And not only do they die, but they also put to death some people in the car in which they crashed into. Now, studies by the doctors show that, let's say, their son was on drugs. Well, they're not going to put in the paper that he died of drug overdose. They may even have been aware of it. But because of an embarrassment, they leave that out. Well, then we wonder whether or not they would want to have a funeral with a Christian pastor. Because what if he brings that up, as this priest did? He says, now this is what the priest says, if Christians are right in believing that salvation belongs to Jesus Christ, that it not does not come from us, and that our hand cannot stop what God allows for us, then yes, there is hope in eternity, even for those who take their own lives. Now, I want to know what Bible verse he's talking about. Because a couple of days ago, I was listening to Issues Etc., and they had a letter they had been interviewing an individual who was making points about worship, but he didn't use any Bible verses. And there are Bible verses that he could have used. And so Issues was criticized for allowing him to keep talking without Bible verses. To my surprise, Issues, etc., they admitted they had made a mistake there and said, if we ever are talking about something spiritual and do not use the Bible, then call us up so we can correct that mistake. That's really something I've said on my program many times. If I ever say something you disagree with, contact me. Ask me, where is that in the Bible? Because if what I have said is not in the Bible, then don't listen to me. I am a false teacher. I, I mentioned yesterday about some kind of theologian at some seminary, not, not Missouri Synod, of course, who was talking about that in this day when people are dying from terminal disease, then committing suicide could be a loving action. Well, that's nowhere in the Bible. He even said, as I mentioned, that nowhere in the Bible is suicide criticized. Well, what does Jesus say about Judas? It would have been better that he had never been born. Now, we need to make a big distinction between a person who dies who is a great sinner versus a person who dies who is also an unbeliever. When we meet with a family, part of our mission is to make sure that the person that has died is a Christian. 
so we can give that assurance. I don't understand what the priest is saying when he says that salvation belongs to Jesus Christ, and therefore God allows for us things to happen, but in eternity he can save even those who take their own lives. I'm not saying he doesn't save people who commit suicide, but for us to give an affirmation of that, there needs to be evidence of not having an unconfessed sin. Now, there could be people, and the Roman Catholic Church agrees with this. In fact, one of their leaders said that even the Roman Catholic Church acknowledges that there are times when a family can have still hope of salvation if the person dies who is not willing to die, who commits suicide. That could be from a brain dysfunction or an illness that they are not in control of their body. And one needs to be very careful to say, therefore, well, that person isn't going to be saved. But when they willingly commit a sin and their repentance of it, that's something that the pastor needs to take into account in order to give the assurance of salvation. Now, here's what the priest said. I think that we must not call what is bad good, what is wrong right. Because we are Christians, we must say what we know is the truth, that taking your own life is against God who made us and against everyone who loves us. Our lives are not our own. They are not ours to do with as we please. God gave us life, and we are to be good stewards of that gift for as long as God permits. Now, the reason the parents got really angry at that is they had not told many people that their son died from suicide. And here the priest was making that a point of his sermon. Now, this is where law and gospel is really important. When we do a funeral sermon, we should never base the assurance of the person's salvation who died on their works. It doesn't matter how good a person they were. It doesn't matter if they went to church every Sunday. There's no doubt that if there is unrepentant sin of which the pastor is aware or sin that he willingly continues to do, one needs to be careful. What do you think excommunication is about? We never excommunicate someone for a sin that they have done, said, or thought, because everybody would be excommunicated. Read the Sermon on the Mount. It's clear that even thoughts can damn a person because there's no repentance in those thoughts. 
But pastors basically are limited to knowing a person's works by their deeds, not by their thoughts. And so we're very careful to make sure that if we're not going to do a funeral for someone, it's on the basis of a non-assurance of their salvation. The pastor goes on. The finality of suicide makes this all the worse. You cannot make things right again. And this is much of the pain of it all. Things are left unresolved, like this was the only way to resolve things. You want to turn the clock back and say, don't give up. We can work through your pain together. But now you will have to work through this pain by yourselves or with those close to you now who will need to lean on you even as you lean on them. Now, I would not say something like that because how does someone work through their pain by themselves? No, if they are Christian, they work through that pain through Jesus Christ. So, he goes on. On most people's minds, especially of us who call ourselves Christians, on our minds as we sit in this place is, can God forgive and heal this? Yes, God can forgive even the taking of one's own life. In fact, God awaits us with his mercy, with ever open arms. Sacred scripture says clearly, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's abiding mercy is what sets us to ask for it. Although God doesn't dangle his mercy like a carrot, waiting for us to ask for it in order to receive it, we do have to believe in our hearts, express with our words, and show in our actions that it is always there. God wants nothing but our salvation, but he will never force himself on us. He will not save us without us. Now, I'm not sure what the priest means by that. He will not save us without us. See, in Roman Catholic theology, you're saved because you begin to do good works and God grants you more grace till the point where your good works are such that it shows that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, the priest does say some wonderful things. Because of the all-embracing sacrifice of Christ on the cross, God can have mercy on any sin. Yes, because of his mercy, God can forgive suicide and heal what has been broken. Now, how do we know that he has done that? It is very clear that when he's dealing with unbelieving Pharisees, he does not forgive them. 
In fact, he talks to them that their father is not God the Father, but Satan himself. And so this really puts Jesus in a situation where the law needs to be preached. Where the priest, I believe, made the mistake is in agreeing to do the sermon when he could not give the assurance that this young man was saved. Yes, he says good things in the sermon, like God is able to read the heart, to know the whole truth of a person's life, and thereby to pass sentence with mercy. Unfortunately, he comes back about a person's life. No, God doesn't look at your life, your works. He looks as to whether you have faith. And when you do an action that results in your death, that is not one of faith, then there can be a real doubt and a lack of assurance of salvation. So when we get to heaven, we may find that that person is in heaven. But the pastor is obliged to assure that. And if he cannot do that, then he should not be doing the funeral service. I'm Tom Baker. And if you want to talk more about this, don't hesitate to call and take a look at the Lutheran Hour, Ken Klaus, on his sermons on suicide. There is much to say about this, but we need to make it clear to our membership that to kill oneself is contrary to the will of God. We'll continue with the Law Gospel discussion on Monday's lesson. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.